Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Mr. Poole, we're back at it, man. Another week and yeah. watching this hot weather. I know we always hit weather, but... Uh, it, My only thing I can say about weather right now is hot yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where our, you know, if the weather is the same in Wisconsin where our guest is today. But uh, I'm gonna venture to say no. I can. Well, it, it's close, guys. I'm, I'm gonna say we're in the low 90s. Is the humidity 127 percent today, though? Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> the water's actually dripping upward. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. Well, Keith, my wife, uh, I had to pitch a little girl softball game last night uh, at, for 8U softball, and within the first 30 minutes, I was completely soaked. And my wife was laughing. She's like, well, you know, it's a good thing that you are kind of skinny and with a little bit of muscle because it was actually showing through on your shirt, so it really wasn't a bad look for you. You know, it wasn't uh, – that was <laughs> just her truth. opinion, though. That was just That's her opinion. Reason. Look, I, I, we have paperwork. <laughs> I mean, there are certain things in our contract she has to state certain ways. I mean, uh, yes. I, I got you, Jeremy. Actually, I think it really boils down to that his wife was kind enough. She didn't want to say you were really nervous. <laughs> you, were just, you, were just, you were scared to death. On the mound, <laughs> you were just repping the humidity look very well tonight. That's what it was. No, yes. I mean I had yes. water in yes. my socks. Uh, my my boots actually had water in them. Oh man, <sighs> hey, Keith, if I don't know if you know this or most of our listening audience notice this, but I I have a I like to wear my shorts and boots, whether it's shorts and lace up boots, shorts and rubber boots, shorts and snake boots. So you know, around here is kind of. Whatever the occasion Normal. calls. Yeah, everybody kind of gets used to it. But I go other places, and it just messes with people really bad, especially when it's really cold. No, I uh, I, I do the same thing. I wear a lace-up, uh, basically a high top or like a, a Rockies boot or whatever with all my shorts. I knew, I don't own a I knew we I were kindred spirits. <laughs> I do, but I don't, I don't do like that. them. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't even own a pair of tennis shoes anymore. Is that really why I'm large? Yeah, has to be. Okay. There we go. We have a correlation. <laughs> we were able to work that out oh, pretty man. quick, so <laughs> bonus. Well guys, I know I got I know we got a good topic lined up for this show. Before we get started, Paul you'll uh we talked about this the other day in a group message. Yesterday or day before yesterday. So Mississippi has announced the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one hunting seasons. And, um, you know, everything looks pretty similar. Of course, they have some, uh, a little bit more CWD sampling, um, you know, dates and areas and, and a map is associated with the, with the hunting season pamphlets now, it looks like. But what interested me, and I know we talked about this in our group message the other night. So, you know, I kind of always, I flip through Turkey. All right. Nothing really changed there, which it, which it hasn't in, gosh, I don't know how many years. Um, but so I get to migratory game, uh, September teal season, still pretty, uh, pretty similar. Actually starts on the 12th this year, goes to the 27th of September. So nothing, nothing really different there. Uh, got a September Canada goose season, nothing, nothing really different as I go on down, but there is for some reason, and it, and it bothers me, I guess a little bit more now that I'm a father than, than it would, you know, ever before, but Mississippi has removed the youth um the youth dates or youth weekend that is traditionally prior to opening weekend so now um the way it states is that there's a youth veterans and active military waterfowl days which that's what was started last year that that youth and um and active military could participate together and that was a, a weekend before regular season and also the weekend after. But now the uh, the duck season starts on the day after Thanksgiving like it always does. But two days is going to be allowed for youth veterans and active military and at the end of season. What do you? How do you feel about it? So you're saying they've limited youth season. That's the way it looks to me. Well, it used to always been one day. That's a Saturday. It was the Saturday before season. You had that Saturday to go youth hunt. 
Now, is that just on ducks? Is that on turkeys? Uh, this what looks to, looks on? to be just on ducks. Uh, turkey, you still have the youth from the 8th to the 14th of March. Um, youth season, still have a youth season for deer. Um, and nothing really changed there. But it's just on the waterfowl side of things that the um, they took one day at the, before season, one day after, and just put two days after. And I can see that being a little bit more beneficial for the harvest side of things. We always say that we wish duck season, you know, would, would start a week earlier, you know, go a week later. Um, but I mean, just myself, I mean, I kind of over the last couple of years have enjoyed going youth hunting the weekend before, not only gives me the ability to do a little bit of scouting on some of the public land we usually hunt for, you know, the next weekend, but I mean, just let the youngsters get out there before everybody. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it. I think it's two things. Number one, the youth are better shots than the older people <laughs> now, and and they are just watching their quotas. Otherwise, it's just the DNR making some silly decisions. Well, I wonder if that's just the state of Mississippi, or if there are other states that are. Well, doing see, that. that's what I was going to look at. And just hadn't taken the time. I was wanting to look at you know our partner, you know Louisiana, um, you know Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama. I was wanting to look at the states around us and see if that was a collective decision or if that's just something Mississippi's out there and done well it's not that they've they haven't cut dates back they just changed the date they're they changed still getting the two days to hunt yeah one used to be before season from one what i can remember and i season. haven't i haven't been into youth hunting you know far as taking kids um or, or my sons you know several many years but i've always thought there's been we had a saturday before regular season and a saturday after and now it appears that we're going to have a saturday and a sunday at the end I guess the same amount of dates, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, if you've, if, you know, for us, for us to duck hunt now, if they did it on deer season or something, that would be different. Turkey season would be different. But, you know, we're driving several hours to go hunt. So now maybe you've got the opportunity to go spend a day or two, a couple days, not just one day. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to, it's going to limit the amount of time that, that my son's going to, going to go hunt. It just, uh, you know, maybe not everybody's like we are, carry kids throughout the year. They say, all right, here's youth. We're going to go partner with somebody that, that they don't normally hunt with or whatever. I don't know. Well, you know, we talked on this with Keith last time. You know, one of the big things is getting youth involved in the outdoors. So mm-hmm. right. everybody that's listening to this podcast, you know, we, we strongly recommend, we ask, we beg, whatever it takes. Take someone either young or old, someone who's never hunted, get them outdoors. Yeah. Go let them see what's going on. Whether they want to take pictures or, or actually fire a weapon, get them outside. Get them doing something in the outdoors. If we don't, we're going to lose this wonderful heritage that we have. Yep. That's right. Yep. But you got to have their voice, you know, and, and that's an upcoming voice. And that's, that's you know, one of the problems with – our hunting voice compared to anti-hunters, you know, and there's enough battles going on right now in the world that we don't need to hash up another one, but really our voice has suffered and, and it's gotten, it's gotten older and it is um, one of those things that we're not paying that close attention to, but what you do when you expose and you get newcomers to visit the outdoors, to become part of this, to spend that time out there, Maybe down the road, maybe a third of them, maybe 10% of them will have that voice, that same voice that you and I have. And that's what's going to be necessary in order to keep our great sports and the great traditions alive. Mm -hmm. Well, and following along that same topic, talking about voices, and I know this really doesn't have anything to what we're talking about today, but, you know, your nonprofit organizations – we in our area, and Keith, I'm sure y'all have in y'all's area also, but a lot of them are really hurting right now. You know, your, oh, yeah. your, your, your duck hunting organizations, your, your, you know, turkey federations, your different things. They're laying employees off and really trying to look to see how they're going to keep doing what they're doing right now. So, look, I know times are tight and everybody's, you know, trying to get by and make do what they can, but. Get out and support your local organizations. They need they need your dollars. They need your voice. So, all right. So, button in here just real quick. I just looked it up. So, last year we had a youth, veteran, and active military waterfowl day on November the sixteenth of nineteen. So that was the Saturday uh, prior to opening weekend, and then had another day 
in uh, the following Saturday after regular season closes. So, you know, a lot, not limiting days. It's just uh, moving that day to a full weekend, I guess. And I, I don't say I was really concerned about it, but just, uh, I don't know. Heck, make it, make it a weekend before and a weekend after. Don't, don't, I don't know if anything, add more days for the youth. That's just the way I look at it. Now, are you guys, you know, I, I grew up duck hunting in Illinois and it's been quite a while since I've done it. So I might uh, speak out of turn here or, or incorrectly. Um, I did all my hunting as an adult really in, in North Dakota up on the fields up there. And that was a, that was a whole different environment, but growing up in, in, in Illinois, um, and we hunted a lot of public ground, you know, you draw from, you know, different blinds on the river, uh, every morning that you go out, but there was a lot of quotas. And as soon as that quota was met, uh, they shut that portion down. Are, are mm. they, do they do that same thing down no. there then with you guys? No. no, you're talking about if they kill a certain amount, then they were done for that area. Yeah. Like if, if you take, yeah. you know, cause we always had to check the ducks in and, and a game worm would check all of them in, you know, and right. keep great, keep great data about them. But my, my question is, is like when we would be, you know, say for instance, enough Canadian geese were killed, they would say no more Canadian geese. No, we just held they to just the, shut that down. No, we're just held to the, you know, the daily, daily limits per person and, and all that. Gotcha. It's a big enough challenge down here to hit your daily limits. So. I was about to say, if they've been doing that, they would, they would extend its season out saying, guys, y'all aren't meeting y'all's quota. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are falling hey, well short. Go the golf courses in, in March. <laughs> right. Right. That's you what it would have been down here. You know, we keep hearing about the golf courses, but we haven't attempted that yet. uh uh-uh. uh uh, I have heard uh-huh. that many times that if you want to, you want to really be successful on Canadians, go, go, go to the, the golf, golf course. course. They'll be there. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that's it. They get to know the, the owners of it or the, the yeah. board of directors and say, Hey, you got these, early, do you guys have early season Canadian hunts? <laughs> I mean, that come out or is it, it like a Metro goose hunt? Do you guys have those down there? Yeah. Yeah. We got our early season Canada. It's in uh, September. Yeah. And, and you know, we've done it. We did it with archery equipment, uh, set out 10 or 12 big feet and put a, put a ground line out there, call them right into the big feet, shoot them with arrows. Mm-hmm. And we've got, he's got that on a couple of our videos and we, we got pretty good at killing them, but you know, they're, they're, they have no clue. And it's a nice way of uh, hunting on a golf course without, you know, firing a weapon on there. Mm-hmm. Now I could get in like it. That would be something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Now we are, we are not implementing or saying that this is a suggested manner of going about this for, <laughs> for all the outlaws that listen to this show. But, uh, <laughs> I like that idea tremendously. Yeah. Yep. No, it was great. And, and, you know, we would always run those metrons. Minnesota, you know, Minneapolis were big lake where we had double bull archery. And even here, just north of Madison, Wisconsin, we are overrun with Canadians. And it really is a nuisance. And, you know, you look at some of your parks and stuff like that, and it's just you're walking in their dung constantly. And it's just, it, it's, it's a little bit disgusting. Well, you know that you say that I flew into Canada, uh, Saskatchewan several years ago and was on a duck hunt up there, duck and goose hunt. And we left the airport and was headed to Bass Pro to get everybody their license, make sure we had shells and everything, any extra stuff we needed. Because the temperature up there is a little different than it is down here. (laughs) So to make sure everybody was outfitted right. And what did I send y'all? I sent y'all a picture, Jeremy. It was Mm. probably 15 geese uh canadians walking oh yeah and i was told up there they're not called canadians they're just geese if you're in canada because you cannot go and tell somebody that you're going to shoot canadians the next morning yeah yeah everybody down here understands me but everybody up there started getting a little nervous (laughs) so i sent a picture it's 15 geese walking down the sidewalk within 10 yards of us there must have been 12 bands among them some were double banded, mm-hmm. some single banded, some no, but it was like, oh, wow, uh, you don't ever need to come south uh, and do that very same thing. It would be people with slingshots, dart guns, <laughs> blow guns, paintball guns. It would be bad down south. But up there, it was just a normal everyday yeah. occurrence. And it was like, oh, this is phenomenal for a southern boy. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I, I could go do to you guys, and bands are you guys hunting left. many fields we don't really hunt a lot of fields if you nah, do I something really if don't. you're canadian or or uh specs or uh 
snows you you do some some goose hunting and, or field hunting and layout blinds and stuff but most everything we hunt's over water and timber yeah i mean that that's that's the crazy thing about it. you take canada and then you take north dakota where my brother was a waterfowl guy and that's who i hunted with you know for ever and a day from the time i was a little guy and when he started that business and he did it for 18 years full time i mean we went from hunting the illinois river fighting this muck and you know the silt and everything and running those uh different mud motors and whatever trying just trying to get back to some of these blinds where you could throw out you know 300 decoys and hope to kill two hmm. and all of, a, all of a sudden you can go into north dakota and you're right on the border of canada up there in langdon and you're sitting there and you're putting out this giant spread of white rags and, and different things that don't resemble anything other than flapping white and you're killing 40 snow geese in a day and you're like this is incredible <laughs> why'd you ever fight the mud well that's uh that's a different topic for a different day but <laughs> i like hunting a lot of different states i've been all over hunting and, and chasing them and it's always neat to me to see how each territory or each area addresses things. You know, you, you go from here to Arkansas and it's pretty similar. You jump up in Missouri and some things are similar, but they've got some dry field hunting. Uh, you know, different terrain, different things that you go and try and different guys you hunt with like to try things different. You know, they've found something that works for them in their area and it just, uh, it's always neat to, to go learn something new and, and try to pick up something everywhere we go for sure that's what this world's about you know that's what the crazy thing is is really in in the united states of america we have so much to offer if you just expand your, you know step outside of your box your normal box and just see what's out there keith we live 15 minutes from the state line and i know people that have never left the state of mississippi <laughs> Oh yeah, I, and that's, that's what I'm fifteen about. minutes from mm -hmm. the state line, and I know folks that have never even just to be able to say they've been to two states. You know, just drive past the line, jump across, and come back. I mean, just go <laughs> go do something. But I know people that have never been. Oh, uh, and it's more people than you would think it. You know, mm -hmm. don't know anything oh, yeah. else. And I've lived and traveled forty out of fifty. Is it fifty-two now? Fifty-one. It's 50 states plus we have Dominican Republic. Yeah, but yeah, something like that. Anyway, I've covered a lot of them. <laughs> so, but look, getting back on point now, we announced last week and, and we need to follow, keep on with that. You know, we, we have teamed up with GSM Outdoors to do their podcast for them and, and to bring you information and, and knowledge and some stories on their products. And the Beamer is the man in the know. He is. Yes, he is. You like how I did that? Yeah, you set me up for failure. Thank you. <laughs> Success, man. Success. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. Bricks and I used to talk about it all the time. The people that can set you up are self-fulfilling prophets. They put you so high on a pedestal, they know you're going to fail. Mm. Well, I threw yes. that out just for fun. Oh. I mean, you, I you are the spokesperson that we're, we're, we're dealing with. So, you mm -hmm. know, you kind of have to be the man. All right. Uh, I, I can cast it. I can, I can throw that net of knowledge anywhere you want. <laughs> well, you know, not accurately, not accurately. And maybe the net's <laughs> not quite open all the way sometimes mm -hmm. or, or yep. make, make you snag a bush on the way, but that's all right. That's the fun part about this podcast. We try not to take anything too terribly seriously. Bravo. Hmm. but what are what are we going uh, i know you've got some stories i know you've got some products you want to discuss today what are what are we working on today well today we really want to touch base on Senaway hs strut uh hunter specialty uh, we recently acquired this company and it was right around i want to say january february uh, that we closed on this deal. And it was really interesting because hunters, especially sent away soap, the green stuff, you guys probably remember this, you know, it was in the clear, the mm -hmm. clear jug and it was like a green, like soap, you know? Yeah. And that, that was one of the first ones that was out there. And this was a long time ago. 
And all of a sudden it comes full circle. And now GSM uh, has, has acquired this great company and I'm right back to using green soap again. And it's just neat to see stuff come full circle. You know, I think we talked about it last week that I've been in the industry for 27, 28 years. And before I was in the industry, I was using this soap. So spin forward, you know, 30 years, 35 years or whatever. Boy, I'm really starting to show my age. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm showering with the green soap again. So it, it's really cool to be able to talk about this company. But we do have some neat new products uh, I'll share with you guys. One of them is BioStrike. It is the top of the line from Hunter Specialty. And it is really an odor shield, uh, not only, you know, scent elimination sprays and laundry detergents and that, but one of the neat things they have is a laundry additive. And I've never seen this, but the people that have you, I've seen it, I'm holding on to it right now, but I've never used it yet. Um, it just became uh, known to me in probably five weeks ago or so. But the people that have used this just swear by it. And what's really cool about it, you know, you, you were talking earlier in off air, we were talking about how you're sweating down there, you know, the humidity is so high. There's so many things that, that kick us into this odoriferous you know predator out there that that we need to have every advantage we can this stuff you mix with water it's a little pack i think the whole kit comes with four packs it works for like 30 days on your clothing but you're going to mix it with water you're going to wash your clothes in the laundry detergent scent-free laundry detergent then you're going to mix this little packet with eight ounces of water when your load is done, you're not going to pull it out of there yet. You're going to pour this liquid in, and then you're going to hit a rinse cycle. And then you'll dry your stuff just as you normally would. But it impregnates it with uh, titanium and silver little nanos in this that gives your clothing a real protective layer, especially for your undergarments if you're wearing long underwear or something, for up to 30 days. And that's just unheard of. It's not this constant repetitive, you know, doing this and that. But what it's so cool about, because I've been blessed to be in this industry, there's a lot of hunting trips. We go up the mountains. And when you're doing that, you don't have laundry services right there. So it's really neat to know that, that you know, on this five-day hunt, uh, my garments are going to be much more scent-free than they ever were just spraying them down. Well, you know, I mean, just looking at it, you know, saying it's going to provide, you know, up to 30 days of scent elimination and protection, you know, here in the south where we are, you know, I, I deer hunt, you know, on and off throughout the whole season, but primarily during both seasons is my time to hunt because, I mean, you know, we, we've said it before, you know, I love to, you know, waterfowl hunt. So most of my deer hunting is occurring, you know, between October and end of November. And most of that is going to be, is going to be bow hunting. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times a year, you know, I spray down with, with this product or that product or, you know, whatever I find in, in, in my hunting, you know, cabinet and I spray down. It never fails. I don't know how many times a year I'm going to get winded. I mean, because every yeah. day we know is not a prime, you know, win for, you know, whatever stand you're hunting. You're not going to get that every day. And so with this in the South, you know, as you, when bow hunting, see when bow season just starts, you still, what Jacob looking at 90 degrees during the day, 80 degrees during the day. Yep. And, uh, better. yeah. And I mean, you know, you get a, you get a 15, 20 minute walk to the stand. I mean, you know, you're almost <laughs> ringing wet with sweat. So, you know, something like this that, uh, that all you do is, you know, throw a rinse cycle after you wash your clothes and, and put that in there. Don't have to worry about it for 30 days. And then even the best thing about it is the, uh, is the price point on it, you know, 10 bucks and, um, you know, getting four packs of it for, uh, for 10 bucks. I mean, come on. Yeah. And it's one of those things too. You got to take it with you know, a grain of salt. You know, it was really funny when we come out with our double bowl videos and it would be six of us, honey, six video teams comprised to one video and there might be 80 hunts on this video and people would buy our blind and they would call me up and they'd be like my blind i don't have near the success it's something you do differently with yours or whatever i've hunted five days and i haven't killed a thing yet and you gotta explain to people you know i'm hunting 220 days a year and most of the six teams around me are doing the same we are going to gather footage like you never have mm -hmm. so when it's so when it's saying up to 30 days it, you know that's great in the mountains where it's cool or whatever but down in yours you might have to do it every 15 days right but the neat thing is is you truly are impregnating your stuff um, with with the, the silvers and the, the titanium bits that are, are going to eliminate odor. And that's the cool thing about it. Well, I would, you and I both know the breath 
Yeah. Um, it, it is. You're, you're breathing hard. You're hot. You, you know, you're breathing through your mouth and stuff like that. It's really hard when it's 90 degrees out, especially down south, because I went to school down in southern Arkansas. The wind can swirl on a dime at any time. And, you know, up here in the north is when we start stepping into October, we're starting to get a predominant northwest wind. Mm-hmm. You, know, you sometimes get these southeast winds. Down south, it can be any direction at any given time. Yeah, ain't no doubt. And I bet it's fair to say that the more times you use it, probably the effectiveness probably lengthens. You know, was that fair to say? I, I'm, I'm not a chemist, but I would say I'm on that same board of logic as yeah. what you just stated. Yeah, I would think so. And and yeah. with with BioStrike though, I mean that's just one component of it is the uh, is the additive, but it's it's kind of like a system too, right? I mean you've got your you know your your sprays. It's actually you know different uh different scented type sprays. You, you got an earth, then an odorless, and then you got your detergent, your shampoo, your deodorant. I mean it's 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 basically a system, right? It, it, it is. You can buy them in the whole systems, too. I mean, it's it's a preference. Like you just said, we have the laundry detergent. We have the scent elimination spray and a different, got a couple different size bottles, one to carry with your pack, you know, one to have at your truck or whatever. Yeah. We even got uh, scent-free chapstick and stuff like that. You know, you're going to keep, you know, there's a lot of times when you're hunting out west and you might be antelope hunting or you might be stalking mule deer and your lips are just getting cracked. Well, you start putting a, a Carmex or a whatever f- flavor on and all of a sudden you got this real uh, odor-driven product on your lips. So it's it's just one of those things. Those are the little things that can turn the corner for you. So mm-hmm. the whole systems are great. Plus, we have systems like we have a, a like a home kit that has everything. We got a field kit uh, that'll have a few different products in it, and just like a, a little mini kit. And they're sold. You, you don't even have to kind of you know figure out what you need to do. Just read the box, take the whole box, and you're good as gold. Yeah. And the the company itself, Hunter Specialties, heck, I'm I, I know I'm not that old, but as far as I can remember, Hunter Specialties has been a company, you know, all of my life. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say, yeah, I don't have the exact date on it, but they have. You know, it was one of those things. They had some of the greatest competitive turkey callers, you know, the Matt Moretz and stuff like that, and, and Ernie and all these guys, and and uh, not Ernie, he was a Quaker boy, I'm sorry, but you had all these super callers like Tom Stuckey and so on and so forth that that turned this company into a, a, a giant call company, and they also had the sent away, and it, it became this great place for all these things, so it's it's heavy spring, but yet it's great fall. So if you just looked at a company of uh, overall breadth of 12 months of the year, Hunter Specialty has got a lot of that covered. Well, and Keith, looking at the products and stuff that Hunter Specialties offers, I have a number of these products that I never even realized that you had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you find them in Walmart. You find them in the local yeah. co-op here. You know, just uh, the tree anchors, you know, they're for, I think they first come out, the little screw-in anchors, they were for, you know, people to hang their bow up. But Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many of them, you know, some states (laughs) are allowed, some states are, some places are not allowed. You know, we hang a shotgun on them when we're duck hunting or, you know, hang a rifle on it if you're up in a ladder stand. You know, it's it's more utilitarian than just for just a bow. Uh, That's exactly right, yep. And like you say, calls, some of the beginner calls, when we first started, I remember buying some Hunter Specialty calls. It was, they were affordable. They were good. You know, it, it just really worked well. So, yeah, y'all y'all acquiring this company, and y'all acquired the whole company in January? Correct. Okay. That's a great addition. Yeah, it, it, it's exciting. You know, and, it, and you said something about you didn't even realize you had that brand. When we bought Birchwood Casey, uh, the year previous to this. And I didn't realize when I looked at the logo of that giant breadth of gun cleaning kits and, and gun care that, oh my goodness, that's the same gun cleaning kit I've had, <laughs> the same one my dad gave me, you know, and, you know, 25 years ago. And you never paid attention to the, the label on it, who it was. And you start, you know, you, you become aware of it, and it's really cool. And, and it, it is a very exciting for me because we have so many different companies that, that offer so many different and unique products that it's uh, it, it's quite fun. It's really fun to realize or, or find out, wow, we have that product. I've been looking for it, you know, for X amount of years. 
Well, I wonder on your end of that. Now, you know, y'all have y'all are acquiring companies with a, a long time, long standing, good history. And then you're you're acquiring some other companies that are a little newer to the industry, but really good companies also. How fun is it on your end learning all the products? Uh, it, it's 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 very entertaining and it's very exciting. <laughs> you wish your pocketbook might have had another comma, you know, in your your bank account, so you could go, oh yeah, I want a bunch of those. But it, it, what's really fun about it is designing products for these companies, you know, and that's really what I'm part of is it's not you know me i'm not on the hunting team running around the country like i used to you know hunting things now i'm on the the innovation side of it so you you take a company like TechMat we just acquired last year and this company here is a gun cleaning mat that rolls out so if you and i don't mean to put it down anyways but you have a a, a mouse pad like days when you used to have a mouse pad but this one is you know, penetration, uh, patrolling penetration proof and stuff like that. It's a perfect way of working on your gun without marring your counter or getting your any chemicals on your counter, but also keeping your gun protected so that nothing happens today. And that this tech mat has taken off. Well, now we now we start designing different things that go on these. You know, they originally started off as a blown up schematic of like your 1911, your your bread of 92 or something like that. And they'd have every single part in an exploded view. So when you took your gun apart, you knew exactly what you were dealing with. It's it's like this giant, really cool blueprint. Well being a graphic designer, it's fun now because TechNet, we want to release new and, and informative information. And, you know, I get to get carried away on graphics that we put on them. You know, I'm working on one just just a day just to thank the first responders, you know, from everybody from nurses to firefighters to police to everybody. And and it's really fun to work on these things. So, you know, as we acquire things, it also opens up just a ton of opportunity for us to step out of the box and, and take what these companies have built and, and make it better. I put them to sleep. No, you have not. I was actually, we, we, we were researching, <laughs> looking at a little research here. Uh, you know, going back to Hunter Specialties, though, and, and I get the, the innovation and the, because you, you've been in this market and in this industry for a while, developing things, product testing things. Uh, you see what ideas work, what ideas don't work. Uh, you know, I know for every good idea, you've probably had 10 bad ones uh, or, or oh, more. Yeah. But to be able to bring it all together and to produce a product that is the new thing in the industry. I mean, that's got to be a very gratifying, not only rewarding, you know, feeling that know that you've put your stamp on that product. Well, the, the fun thing is, is not only do I get to do that, but I am now associated with other great innovators that put their stamp on it. So as you guys get to know me more and more, I'm a believer in honors and traditions and respect and in the honorability of respect. So it was like when I went to work for new archery products, I get I got to meet and shoot uh, in their archery range with Andy Simo, the designer, the founder. And right before he passed away. So I did it maybe two or three times. And you sit there and you look at what these people have created and, and these engineers and these innovators, and you get to be a part of that. So it's like it's like walking into a, a, a you know, a, a brand of brilliance that is just you're, it's almost wow. It's almost sometimes breathtaking. So. As long as you've been in this, you still get a little starstruck every once in a while? I'm starstruck by innovation, and I'm starstruck and humbled by the people that have brought it. That's and that's it, awesome to hear because, you know, a lot of times folks get into it and they kind of lose. And, uh, you know, one of our first shows that we went to, we, we go to the expo and, you know, we're the new guys on the block. and We're trying to walk around and meet everybody and tell them what we're doing and uh I got to run into Eddie Salter, you know, <laughs> yep. king of the 10 inch beard. And I told Jeremy, I said, I'm like a kid in a candy store over there. I, I'm trying not to he was. him. He was, no doubt. But I'm also trying to make <laughs> sure we can get a podcast with him. Uh, you know, I want to spend time talking to him. And we, we've still playing with that. And it was like, no, I mean, that's, that's one of those childhood legends I grew up with. 
watching his stuff, one of the first ones out there in the industry, you know, really putting out videos and, and showing folks, you know, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And it was like, no, you know, and at, at 43, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's still fun to, to get tickled every once in a while and be like, hey, 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 I know him. Uh, I'll give you the greatest example of that uh, ever is <laughs> recently when I was hired by GSM and came over with NAP, I got to meet my mentor. Uh, and that's Paul Butsky. Here is this gentleman, a six-time Grand National Calling Champion. All right, through the 70s and 80s, he just held that title. Nobody could beat Paul Turkey Calling. And I was getting into this bow hunting turkeys, and I just had this love affair with turkey hunting, just like most people that once they get in it, have a good experience. They're, they're hooked on it forever. Well, well, I always wanted to be a competitive caller. And I would, you know, Colorado, I'd take second or something like that. And I could never win a state championship because I could never purr unless I used a slate. And when I used a slate, I would get so nervous up there in front of the hidden judges behind the thing that it didn't come out very good. And I watched Paul Butsky and he would, he was a turkey. I mean, he won national gobbling champion. This man has feathers and I work with him now and I've got to film stuff and I've got to know this guy and I am humbled to be a great friend of his and i can i can say that truthfully but it is so cool to meet your mentor and this was the guy and, and I, I didn't even realize that when i came over on gsm that i would be working side by side uh with paul and now with hs we're sitting there looking at these products that him and i can go together on because really if you look at it between paul and just what double bull and, and we filmed and acquired there's been 10,000 turkey encounters, you know, and, and that's one of those things when you, you, you launch uh, Chris Duncan as well and from Muddy and you got us three sitting there talking about how do we build a better decoy? How do we build a better broadhead for turkey on? How do we build better calls? It is such an honor to work next to those people. And, and that's what it's so fun for me. Yeah. I could get into all that. No doubt. The, uh, well, that puts us back in the history and the heritage of things, you know, and maybe one day somebody will say, Hey, I got to meet Beamer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the police I mean, station or what? Well, you know, good and well, when you're at shows and you're, you're at the GSM outdoors booth or the, you know, whichever booth you're working that day that you have people come up and they want pictures with you. I've, I've looked at your social media some. I know it's people that, you know, are over posing with you. I, I've been blessed. That's, that's it. Boy, he went deep into that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, it, it, God blessed me to, and, and went to jump from where I was in college and Granger and hopes for playing pro ball to having to get out of that, to, you know, launching a company with a, a great business partner. And we drove it up and, and, you know, having my career be in the outdoor field in bow hunting it is just, I, I am truly blessed and I never take it for granted. Well, and following along with that, you know, if you go back to HS, HS has so many products set up for the bow hunter, not only just mm -hmm. for your normal deer hunter or for other things, but, you know, your different scents, your different screwing anchors, your different ropes, your belts, your cables. I mean, if you're looking for some, that's a great place to go. You can go online, you can go to GSM Outdoors, you can look it up. You can see all the products that they have that are on that site. So you can go to one site and do all your shopping. And I believe last time you told us that everything ships out of one location. So, yeah, that's the, that's the cool thing. Now it, it, there's people down there that have logistics backgrounds that are incredible that they can, I, I mean, some of these people and I tip my hat to all of them. I don't want to mention names, but, you know, like Chris Wilson's one, I'm going to name him. They take these companies that, that our brand has acquired. They bring that stuff into inventory and they get it all in the right spots and they get this shipping and they don't even miss a beat. And that is what is so impressive to me. You know, everybody thinks that it's, it's fun to be on the outer skirts of this thing where you get to go to the shows and whatever, but it really, if you take a look at the people behind the scenes and how we have grown so fast 
And yet the people behind the scenes have taken it and covered our back and, and delivered our orders that we talk about. You know, a lot of times people forget where we come from and, and who really has our back. And it's, it's fun to be in a company that is so powerful that that can happen and it can switch gears in two weeks and boom, we're all under the same hub. It's all coming out of the same building. Yeah, to me, that's one of the neatest aspects of it. You can you can go online, you can find it all in one site, or you know you can go shop at other vendors also. But when you place that, when you hit submit and you send your order in, it's not like it's coming from twelve different locations. It's going to be on different days arriving. It, it should be mm-hmm. all all packaged together, ready to go. So you're not you're not hoping something makes it in time. If you're like me, and sometimes you wait till the last minute mm-hmm. and go, uh oh, I'm missing this or yeah. What did I do with that? I just had to order a new one. That's all my day. <laughs> That's always with me. And then two weeks later, you, you find, find it, it in the shop uh, or in your truck or mm-hmm. in the kids' room because mm-hmm. they've decided they needed that one that day. No doubt. Yeah, I think before each season, turkey season last year, gathering gear together, and I was like, I know good and well I had a new face mask last year. I get to looking through the uh, – Cameron's gear and it's in her ma- her bag and I'm like, well, why do you have mine? It doesn't even fit you. <laughs> She's like, well, I think I picked it up, Daddy. I know you picked it up. It's in your bag. Oh, uh, I didn't place it there, so no doubt. No, it's always fun and interesting, especially when you have kids and and moving around through stuff. But Nikki, I know you have great hunting stories, and we're we're kind of getting on to the tail end of this. Do you have any story you want to share with us? Yeah, I'll I'll share a really funny one. And I hope I get all the details right because I haven't shared it in a while. Um, There was a a time when the GPS handheld units just became uh, purchasable. Uh, We could purchase them, you know, for the regular consumer, right? And Brooks and I were driving out from Minnesota where we had double bowl. We were driving out to Utah to go hunt an elk hunt with a buddy of mine, uh, Mike Pointer. And we were going to drive right by Kearney, Nebraska, where the Cabela's was. And I said, I want to get one of these GPSs, Brooks. So when we get in the mountains, you know, it'll walk us right back home. We, we have nothing to fear. He's like, all right, let's do it. And I stopped there. And, and back then, GPSs were fairly expensive. So I bought this one and I, I logged into it and, you know, got satellites chasing me and whatever. We're flying down the highway. And basically, I'm looking down at laughing because I know we're speeding. And I can see that because the satellites are telling me we're going beyond the speed limit. And well, anyhow, I've got this thing. I'm stoked. All right. I'm, I'm marking, you know, things and learning stuff and reading about it. And we're going down the highway. They didn't have serious radio. So you had no radio stations when you were in the middle of Nebraska. So, you know, it was one of those things you play a little music and the other person reads. And we get out to Utah. And it's it's really a, a great place. We, we meet Mike up there on his private area. And it's a beautiful little place to camp. And there's a guide tent there. So we, all we have to do is pop the cot out, you know, in our sleeping bags. And we're ready to go. He's got everything else situated. So we hunt belt for about four or five days. And it is so dry and so hot that they're not coming out of the black timber where he was supposed to come down to all these water holes, you know, where we put blinds up and stuff where Mike was like, we'll put one here and we'll put one there. And they come down you could see old elk tracks. So, you know, they, he wasn't making stuff up, but it was just so hot that these water holes were sinking down to nothing. They were cracking and whatever. And these elk would come down at night and, and hit them and then go back up before sunlight ever even happened. So it's getting kind of frustrating. We're seeing a few little deer come in, whatever. And, uh, Brooks and I uh, sat there one time, and we had never eaten pecans before, uh, just out of bags of pecans. And Mike had some sitting there, so we're eating them, we're eating them, we're eating them, we're eating them all, all night. This is our dinner. And lo and behold, my stomach took it, but Brooks's didn't. He was up all night long um, ridding himself of his high-fiber diet. And... <laughs> So it, uh, excuse me, this was the, the night before Mike says, I, I tell you what, he goes, do you have a, a GPS? I said, I sure do. He said, let me, let me point something in. He 
punched in these coordinates and he put it Mike's hot spot. He said, tomorrow morning, Beamer, you're going to take the four wheeler, you and Brooks, and you're going to go up to the end of this road. And then you'll hit, you'll start your GPS up. You'll walk up there with a blind and you're going to set it. There's a wallow up there that I have not hunted this year. And those elk are staying in that black timber. I'm going to bet if you guys sit there all day, you'll kill one. We were pumped, man. We had Mike Pointer's hotspot. And so that night, we were back eating on pecans. So like I told you that Brooks didn't quite make it out of bed. So I jumped on the four-wheeler, loaded my backpack up, and I got on the four-wheeler. And I drove to the end of the road, and I shut the lights off, and I powered my GPS up. And seven satellites are all hooked up on me, you know, and everybody knows what I'm doing in the world. And I take off walking up this hill. Well, Mike told me it was only like a 15-minute walk, and he's at fairly uh, large gentleman and walking uphill with fairly large gentlemen means that they go a little slower than, than, you know, some of us. So I'm scooting up the hill, scooting up the hill and I'm following this thing. I'm getting closer and getting closer. And all of a sudden it kind of flickers and shifts. And now I got to go left like a quarter mile. And I thought, well, that's strange. So I start heading left, you know, whatever. I don't have a flashlight. Okay. I'm, I'm, there's a full moon and I'm walking through the darkness with the moon, through all this different brush, and I'm using, I have a, a GPS shining light in my eyes. So basically I'm night blind. So I'm going through and going through. Well, it shifts and tells me now I got to go back west. I'm like, no, something's wrong. So I turn it off. I turn it back on and let all the satellites power up. Go to Mike's honey hole. All right, it's right here. It's 250 yards straight in front of me. So I start going up the hill. I get right to where I think it is, and it flickers again, and now it's telling me it's back downhill off to the left. I'm like, man, it's starting to get a little bit tiny gray out. You know, you can kind of see yeah, it way you're off running in the distance. Out of time. So it wasn't really helping your eyesight, but you knew daylight was coming. I had to set a blind up. I had to get situated. I had my camera and the tripod and all this stuff by myself, and, you know, it was going to be a journey. So I'm, like, walking fast on the, following the GPS. I took a step, and my other foot never hit. And I felt myself tumbling in air. I had my bow on my backpack, camera, tripod, everything I said. I packed my backpack, and I hit on my back. Boom! Right there on the ground. Scared to death. I mean, I, I tumbled and tumbled. And I'm laying there. I'm wiggling my toes. I'm wiggling my fingers. They're working. But I'm actually almost in shock. And I've hurt myself. I've had skull fractures. I've had a lot of broken bones. But nothing like what I just experienced. Now, I'm moving stuff. My ribs hurt a lot. My back, though, is fine. My spinal column is good. So I, I feel good about that. I'm just going to lay here till daylight. And then I must just kind of check my surroundings and figure out what happened. So as it gets light. I look up and there's a cliff above me, probably about 13, 14 feet. And I had walked off this cliff, uh, this, this like uh, erosion area, you know, where it, it, high water had taken this out and just cut away at this bank. And I fell down this Well, I look over there and my bow was unstrung. My arrows are at that time. I shot uh, aluminum arrows, XX 75. They're all bent to death. And I'm sitting there and now I'm getting even more scared because I'm thinking I got to make sure I'm a okay. I don't know if I have internal bleeding or what my ribs really hurt. I said, Nope, I'm good. I, uh, I grabbed my stuff. And as, and as soon as it was light enough, I could really see, I looked down and I could see my four wheeler right below me. So climb down off of that. And I, I get on that four wheeler and I'm just kind of putting it back to camp, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sh shaking up pretty bad. I get there and, and Mike Pointer comes out right away. He's like, wow, did you kill one right away? And I said, no. I said, I fell and look at my bow and look at my arrows. He's like, oh my gosh. So everybody came out. We're all talking. Brooks is there talking to me. I'm like, I, 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 I fell. Mike goes, let me see your GPS. I want to see the path you walked. I didn't know that it had, you know, crumb trail. <laughs> yeah. This thing, this, this thing looked like a mouse trying to get out of a maze. Right. I was just zigzagging, moving. He's like, it was telling you to go to my honey hole this way. I'm like, Mike, it was walking me all over. And I said, and then I stepped off and he goes, Oh my goodness. You stepped off that giant drainage. And I said, yeah, I said, I fell quite a ways. <laughs> and, uh, so we're sitting there talking and, and I'm sore, but I'm noticing that I am a okay. All right. That I will be fine. So I'm opening up my backpack. I'm going to check on my camera. Everything in my backpack is soaked. Well, I look in there and I had two 32 quart Gatorade bottles. Both of them had blown open. 
Okay. They were my own liquid airbags that, that kept me probably from breaking my back. Right now, my cameras were, you know, had to be cleaned. Everything was a bad situation there, but those two Gatorade bottles had saved my life. So I was pretty lucky that that <laughs> happened. So we get back, we don't kill an elk. We get back to Minnesota and uh, I'm calling Garmin because first I called Cabela's. They said, Oh, you want to call Garmin on this? And I, I'm having a conversation with this guy, and he's trying to be good in customer service. And he's like, yeah, Mr. Beam, how can I help you? I said, you know what? Your thing just walked me off a cliff. And I said, I, I have the route and the back trail to show it and, and the mark go to. Uh, I'm sure if you did a diagnosis uh, on this thing, you would see that your your system here, pardon my language, it sucks. You know, and I'm screaming at him. I'm saying a lot worse than that. You know, and I'm getting fired up because I'm getting – I feel that scared again, that feeling that I had when I – fell and did two somersaults where I lit on my back in the dark and I'm going on and on and on and I'm telling him about my gator hate and he goes you know what sir I said what he said I do believe you are the luckiest man on earth hmm. and, I, and I didn't realize what, what that statement meant but he he was he he had calmed me and diffused the whole situation, and it was. He said their software was wrong. They were supposed to update it all before it all went out. They they didn't do it, okay, and I got a hold of one that had Shazam's software in it, and uh, it caused me to do this, but I didn't realize – how to look at the glass empty or half full or half empty, you know? And, and when he said, you know, I, I would have to say you are the luckiest man on earth. <laughs> I, I just shook my head and I said, I, I think I am. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah I, I can run with that. <laughs> I look back on it and I feel like I'm the luckiest man on earth. <laughs> yeah, because technically anytime you take a fall like that, you should have broken something, something. and usually mm -hmm. something severe, uh, if not multiple. So, yeah, that's a fine, yeah. that's a fine way to diffuse a hot argument, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I still drink Gatorade. Just on the hopes that it'll save me again someday. <laughs> Did you go ahead and see if you couldn't get that guy's information and hire him for your customer service department? That <laughs> yeah. Made a, that may he, have been a uh, really you, good acquisition. Needs that type of diffuser in their organization, and he was perfect <laughs> with it. Mm, man. Well, Beamer, we are winding down the time here. Uh, anything else we need to hit in the last minute or two before we get off of here? No, I just appreciate everything you guys do. I appreciate the industry I come for them and, and then been able to call a career and everybody out there that's trying to mentor somebody new or somebody young, keep it up. Well, hey, before next, we get off of here. Next week, um, I'm gonna, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but next go ahead. week I promise to tell you the story about flipping motorcycles, killing caribou, and really hurting yourself. <laughs> The adventure continues, guys. <laughs> well, hey, before we get off, um, Hunter Specialties, tell everyone where their uh, where the where the major retailers are, where they can find them, where they can order some of that some of those products. That is a, a great distributed product. Uh, you're going to find it at Cabell's, Bass Pro, Tractor Supply, Blaine's Fleet Farm, Mills Fleet Farm, or Farm and Fleet, uh, Amazon, any of the places. Uh, just Google HS Strut or Hunter Specialties, and you'll know what the, the new logo is. Kind of an octagon or a hexagon looking logo, and it's it's uh, the whole brand is great. You can also go on to GSM Outdoors, and when you do that, You'll hit the Explore Our Brands button, and that will show you the whole plethora of our brands underneath that umbrella. Awesome deal, Keith. We appreciate it, man. We'll be catching back up with you here pretty soon. And everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on. 